Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. Now I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live. And yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life, I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side and it would be permanent misery. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. But, uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my family. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you on your own could have done this. So we are called to sing. All of us are called to sing. All of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church. Uh, often with my choirs, I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for through the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide. What are you gonna participate in? Are you gonna participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to Sowing Hope. I'm Bill Snyder, and thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday evening. If you're wondering, uh, it's Tuesday. Don't they normally have a morning show? Uh, no, uh, we are now moving this uh, program 
to uh, Sunday. I'm sorry, not Sundays. We're moving it to Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. So Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. And uh, welcome to the show, everybody. And as always, welcome to my uh, co-host, Anne DeSantis. How are you uh, doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing great, Bill. Yeah, it's good to be here at our new time. Yes, uh, it is. And so we're going to be here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. instead of the 9 a.m. And, yes. and you know, I'm looking forward to that because admittedly, I'm more of a night person. So <laughs> likewise, <laughs> it's good to be here. Yes. yes, it is. And I know we have a great guest with us tonight. Uh, why don't you tell us about her? Yeah, she's actually a friend, not only of mine, but of Sewing Hope because uh it's kind of a family edition, right? We've had Michael Rosala as a guest here on Sewing Hope, and now we have one a friend of Kate Rosala. She's an independent consultant with Unborn Books and More. So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. Yeah, it's so good to have you here. Mm-hmm. So now Michael's been a guest, your husband, and he is a a gifted Catholic author speaker. And I know that he's uh, very involved with the church through his uh, full-time ministry. And uh, he actually also did a series for Patchwork Heart. Maybe Bill can tell our listeners about that too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, He did a wonderful series. on the Discover Your Mission platform, it's it's just awesome. So I think uh, we hear, I think you heard a little bit of him in the trailer of it on uh, on YouTube there, uh, which is awesome. He he did some amazing work about uh, liturgy and music, uh, and just going deeper into the life of Christ, and it, it's just awesome. So a huge shout out to him and thank you to him for for his great work. And certainly Kate, I know uh, a lot of sacrifice goes into that. So so thank you for allowing him to do that for for us. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun to um, hear him doing them in the other room. So that was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a COVID world when we can hear those happening in the other room, right? And everything's uh, online and Zoom Zoom meetings and and Zoom uh, presentations. So again, thank you. And, you know, you're a friend of mine uh, also, and I'm really blessed because uh, one of the things that you do, in addition to your main vocation as a wife and a mom, Catholic wife and mother, is that you are an Usborne independent consultant. Uh, and you had asked me to be a part of that meeting, inviting me to one of your parties. And, and I loved it. I really loved it enough that I decided that I wanted to do it too <laughs> as, as a hobby. And it's been so fun and getting to know you and, uh, the product is, is amazing. So I want to make a shout out to parents out there that are listening and don't know anything about Usborne Books because uh, it's really an incredible offering there for parents of young children. And, you know, my kids aren't even young and I, I wanted to get involved with it because uh, I think that it's, it's so educational and I wanted to promote literacy. And I know that's why you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Well, with the hope of one day um, homeschooling my own son, um, as well as any other kids we have, um, these books actually are wonderful educational um, books. They're not necessarily Catholic, but there are some Christian ones, but it gives the idea of, you know, let's learn all these different subjects while being tactile, which I'm very tactile in that nature. So I'm sure my kids will be too. So I'm very excited. 
Yeah, they really, honestly, I'm not just saying that as a salesperson, these books are great. Uh, I was so impressed. I even bought some of them for myself when I did the party. Remember, Kate? I mean, some of the ones that are like geared for more like the older kids or preteens, the ones that are on like science and like astronomy and politics. I mean, I just, and his, uh, civics, I thought they were so interesting. And, uh, and you were right. Some of the books really are educational for all ages, not just for kids, so, little kids. I've learned so much from some of our like different like fact books or like lift the flat books that the kids love. Oh my gosh, I have learned so many things about recycling and this, that, and the other thing that I never knew <laughs> that they're right. learning. So, No, I love it. I mean, it's, it's fun. It really is. So um, now on Sewing Hope on this podcast, a lot of times we talk about a life, faith, and mission and we're going to talk a lot about Osborne, don't worry, <laughs> you know, because it's a topic that you and I, Kate, both love. But uh, we would also, uh, for this podcast, for our listeners, we'd love to hear your own personal faith journey as much as you want to share. Okay. Um, so a little bit about me. When I was raised, I was raised as full-blown Catholic, um, baptized as an infant. Um, I went to Catholic school up through fourth grade. Um, I then... I was struggling with some learning disabilities. So my parents switched me into public school to get a little extra help. Um, by the end of eighth grade, I was like, no, I need Catholic school back. Um, so ninth through 12th, I went back to Catholic school. Um, and then as I was um, in high school classes, I mean, grades were not my strong suit. They just weren't. Um, it was just something with God, like whatever. Like I was like, okay, I really like religious class, but I don't like the other ones. Sorry. Um, so that's kind of my first feeling <laughs> that maybe I should go to college for theology, um, which I did. So I went to Ave Maria University, um, got my master's in theology and my minor in catechesis. Um, but going back a little more to high school is probably where my faith journey truly started. Um, so yes, I was struggling with grades and things like that. But the one thing that I felt my heart being pulled into was helping others. Um, so my sister is two years older than me, three years in, in school. Um, and she, when she got to high school, she started joining like this youth group that was in our, um, in our hometown. It wasn't the church that we were part of, but it was a good, awesome youth group. And so she was a guitar player. She was a singer and they had this Christian rock band. And so she joined it. And so she was like one of their lead guitarists, lead singers. And so Every weekend she went and she, um, you know, sang with them every Sunday. They just, you know, kind of jammed out, did some songs together, did a couple of random gigs here and there just to, you know, be out there. And I was really just, you know, blown away by that. Um, they were connected with the diocese, which the diocese at that time had um, all these like community service projects going on. And I wasn't allowed to do any of them because I was not old enough yet. So I was really really mad. She was in high school and I wasn't. So I think it was when I was in eighth grade, actually. So I was in eighth grade when this really started um, clicking in. So she's like a sophomore, junior in high school. And she started doing all these different things. She was going to um, this thing called the Diocesan Youth Convention, where we would all go for a weekend um, and learn about God and hear different witness stories and different ways to like truly empower ourselves and come back to the real world and bring God to everybody. And so I was so jealous all these years that she got to do it. So in eighth grade, I 
maybe she started earlier than that because in eighth grade I started picking up bass guitar and so they're like hey let's get Kate into the band so they got me into the band which I wasn't that good but you know whatever like it got me into these meetings so I got to learn <laughs> more about God so I was super excited so I was like okay cool um, so that convention that year, they actually snuck me into convention a year early. They're like, well, she's part of the band, so she has to come to convention this year. Um, so that was my first true like experience of this huge retreat where God was just the main focus. I saw, remember they turned off my app, my amp during it because I just wasn't paying attention. I was like, there's God here. Like what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> And somehow they turned off my amp, but I still got to go to convention. So, um, so anyway, so that was my first um, step into it. So then starting my freshman year, I did anything religious I possibly could. I begged my mom to send me back to Catholic school. So she did. Um, so I was at my sister's high school. And for that year, her and I, like every time she went to a um, retreat, I would go with her. Um, I was old enough. I got to do it. Um, so then um, afterwards, at the end of my um, freshman year, I was allowed to join um, this Christian Leadership Institute, which was a week-long college-level learning how to be a Catholic leader. And so this was honestly the framework of my entire faith journey, was learning this. Um, so this was everything I needed to go through college, to go through um, being a youth minister, to go into my life that I'm doing right now. Like Learning all of this in a week is literally everything. Um, so they taught us how to plan. They taught us how to lead a group, but do it with God being the center, God leading us. Um, so we knew that, okay, in order to do X, Y, and Z, we have to turn to God first. <laughs> um, they taught us how to actually plan masses and how to pick the readings, how to pick the songs, how to actually be part of a Catholic mass. Um, and even though that's like, okay, yeah, when do you need to know that? it actually helps each one of us pay attention more in mass and understand like when we hear, you know, a song about, I don't even know what, like here I am Lord, because it's the only thing I can think of right now. Like we can know, okay, well, what in the readings had this specific musician pick this song? And so it kind of brings us into a deeper understanding of the church, um, at least for me. And so um, I did that for a week and then that just opened up the, the door to everything else. I met so many new people in our diocese um, I connected with some of their youth ministers. So that actually led me into going to even more retreats that my sister didn't even know about. Um, <laughs> I did a whole bunch of um, community service ones. Like um, we have this or had this thing in the diocese at that time um, called Young Christians at Work. And so for the week of Holy Week, we would go um, into South Buffalo. We would stay at this place called Harris House. And we would do all the different work that like, no one knew about like um we have this immigrant immigrant um center i guess you could call it i forgot what it's called um right in buffalo and so one of the places was going going there and helping them with whatever task it was they needed done um and i remember one year they had just gotten rid of bed bugs it was like this huge ordeal they just got rid of bed bugs and so we were going in there and we were doing the final last cleaning you know making sure everybody can come back into their rooms and not have a problem and so it was like this huge chaos there but we all came in as like a group of like 10 people and we just worked for them for like three hours, like meeting the people, talking with them, getting to know them. Um, some of them didn't speak English. So it was kind of one of those like gesture, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm here to help type of thing. So um, it was a lot of fun. But anyway, so that kind of built up who I was, 
I wanted to help people. I wanted to, you know, lead the youth to do all these wonderful things that I got to do. Um, and then the final big thing in high school that really got me was that um, I, I found out about this um, girls um, or this women's prayer group in Lancaster. I was living in Batavia, which is like a 40 minute drive. But every Monday I went out there for a two hour meeting where we'd pray the rosary together. We'd eat some pizza and we just talk and like have social time with women our age and pray for each other. And so um, when I was part of that group, they actually, um, their youth group went to um, the Franciscan Youth Convention, which was at Franciscan University in Ohio every summer um, for a full weekend of mainly talking Jesus and so much adoration, like so much adoration that you don't even like know what's going to hit you when you get there. And so um, I think it was my junior year was the first time, was it my junior year? I think it was my junior year, the first time I ever went. And that completely changed my entire aspect on God and his presence in our world. Um, because for me, yes, I had gone away from my parents. Um, I went to a different state. I was with a whole bunch of like teenagers from our, our diocese. I mean, there were three tour buses, maybe four of them, just to get all of us out there. Like it was huge. And I had never heard of it before, before this um, specific group had come into my life. And when we went there, I still remember the very first day, there were tons of people. I was, you know, mind blown, didn't know what was going on. And um, they're a very charismatic group, very hands-on, praying with the spirit, you know, people resting with the spirit, all these different things. I had never seen any of this. I knew nothing of it. I, I, I didn't know anything. And so I got there and we had gotten there late. So like this entire field house had, had chairs on, on the court. And then more people were like piled into the bleachers. So we ended up getting stuck in the bleachers because we just didn't get there in time. So like, okay, fine, whatever. I didn't understand like the painfulness of that until adoration started and everybody just dropped to their knees. Even us in the, in the bleachers, like we're kneeling on the next bench down, like for hours, you know, like I, I don't even know how long it was. Maybe it was an hour, maybe it was two hours. I have no clue. Like time paused because God was present. He was right there the entire time. And so they had live music playing during it. And like um, the guy who was singing, I think it was Bob Rice. I don't really know. I think it was Bob Rice though. Um, he's a famous Catholic author mm -hmm. or not author, musician. And he, so he's playing, you know, he's guiding us in the spirit. He's like, you know, talking about Bible verses, talking about his experience, telling us to think about X, Y, and Z, you know, like trying to guide us through a spiritual meditation essentially while having Jesus present in front of us. And while I'm kneeling there, this, this girl in front of me, her name was Monica. She was like one of the older high schoolers in our group, but she was like a big girl. Like she was very muscular and she was tall and she, she was big. Like it wasn't like she was skinny, like she wasn't like bony, but she was muscular and bigger, right? And I still remember she's kneeling in front of me and I'm of course, eyes fixed on Jesus. He is now on the altar in the monstrance. There's this gorgeous, spotlight directly on him so it's like literally he's glowing not even just from the spotlight but because of his presence and I still remember I was kneeling there and you know totally mind blown on Jesus all of a sudden Monica ends in my lap like completely out with the love of the spirit is now laying in my lap and I'm I can't I can't lean back there's someone kneeling right behind me so I'm like oh, hello there like 
okay. So I'm like, all right, Jesus, I got this. No big deal. So I'm, you know, praying, whatever. And so someone comes over and is like praying over her. They're trying to like kind of guide her to someplace else. So she's not on top of me. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. You know, <laughs> maybe it was like five minutes later, you know, she sat back up. She's perfectly fine. I was like, okay, that's something new. Never thought that would happen. Okay. So I'm just, you know, all right, God, you know, you got my hands. I'm here. Um, I can catch the next person if you want me to. I, what, what am I going to do? Right. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So anyway, so then like fast forward a little bit, all of a sudden, um, Bob Rice is like, okay, so the monstrance is now going to walk through Like the priest is going to walk through the aisles with the monstrance. And so I don't even remember what's like, it was some beautiful, beautiful Christian song or Catholic song that he's playing. And also what I remember, it's like, you know, I'm in prayer. I'm deep in prayer. The tears are coming. I know they're coming. I have no way of stopping them, which, okay, let, let it happen. Let all this happen. And I still remember as the monstrance came over to me, all of a sudden I felt this radiating heat, like right next to me. And I looked up and there's the monstrance literally right next to me, like radiating heat. And I was like, okay, that's not the spotlight. Like the spotlight can't come to right here. Like this is literally the love of Jesus. This is his true presence right here, right next to me. And I just, it was like the most, like when you would stand next to a radiator, you'd feel that warm heat. Like literally that's what it felt like. And so I just remember like in awe, just looking at him, I couldn't look down. I couldn't, you know, I, I was kneeling on these bleachers and I just, I couldn't move. I just stared at him in awe and of just love for this beauty. And I remember when he walked away, like I, it, I didn't feel the heat anymore. So like, I knew that that heat was the Lord. And so that experience within itself, like that entire weekend, like kept building on that. It kept getting more and more you know, radiant, more and more Christ-like, more and more, wow, this is my life. This is, this is my faith. Like, this is what I want. Um, so I kind of took that experience. I, I went back into the world. Um, I remember like, um, so all the youth ministers and everything always tell parents, like when they drop them off for retreats like that, they're like, oh, now your child, when they come back, they, they may not want to talk right away. And that's okay. I, I've, I've always been able to talk and I came back and I remember my mom asked me how it was. And I was just like, it was awesome. And she's like, great. Well, tell me more. And I was like, I can't, I no I'm words. speechless. Like, I have <laughs> no like, words. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, you're never speechless. I was like, I just can't. And it took me probably about a week before I can start telling her things maybe a few days. I mean, it may have been more like a few days, but I remember I had to go to another meeting to talk it out with the group first before I could bring it back to them because I had to talk about it with somebody who experienced it with me. And so, um, so anyway, so fast forward a little bit after high school. Um, so I continued going to every retreat I could possibly think of after that. I went to like, there were several other different um, Eucharistic retreats. I even a few different times rested in the spirit myself totally weird experience, but totally awesome at the same time. Um, so I kind of built on that going in to applying for college. And when I applied, like I said, in the beginning, my grades were not good. And so it seemed like every college I applied to denied me. And it was every Catholic college that I wanted. I wanted Franciscan university. They denied me. I was crushed at that. That was like the worst day ever. I applied for them again. They denied me again. And then again, a third time. So I figured that was God saying, no, you're not going to Franciscan. Sorry. 
Um, so I accepted that. Um, I started thinking, well, you know, maybe my life is geared towards me going to do ministry work in a different country. So I started looking at different places. Maybe, you know, I could go to Africa or this place or the other thing, like totally like, where does God want me? You know, like, I know I want to live a life of God, but where am I going to go and how am I going to do it? Um, and so I kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. Um, at the time I was on um, our high school swim team and a couple of the girls on the team, their older sister was actually attending Ave Maria University in Southwest Florida. Never thought I'd apply in someplace in Florida, but you know, I'm looking at Africa, so why not try Florida, right? So, so I was like, all right, you know what? It can't hurt to, you know, apply to this college and see what they're going to do. You know, worst case, they're going to deny me and I'm going to still be stuck not going to college. <laughs> so I applied and I remember um, the guidance counselor called me personally and he was like, you know, I don't even remember his name. I think it may have been Chris. I don't, I don't even know. I just remember he called and he's like, all right, he's like, here's the deal. He's like, this is a small school. It's very difficult. We start with liberal, liberal arts. Um, we work on that for a couple of years before going into our, our actual degree. Um, he's like, it's not going to be easy. He's like, so let's get your um, SATs or ACTs. We, we need to get a high grade on that. So, okay, so I signed up for the next one, the next ACT, because I heard they were easier. <laughs> and so um, I applied for one of those. Um, I went, took it. He claims he was praying for me the entire time because he, of course, you know, sees my passion, sees my desire, wants me to be able to go to Ave Maria. But my GPA was just a tad bit too low. And so I was like, all right. So I went, I didn't get the highest grade that I wanted on the ACT. So he called me again. And he's like, oh. he's like, oh, man, he's like, what are we going to do? Um, so um, I was praying and I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, obviously, I still want to go to Ave. You know, like this is... I haven't been able to do anything else. I want to do this, that, and the other thing. I really um, enjoyed the discernment program, the this, that, and the other thing, all at Ave Maria. Like, I want to be there. And so him and I were talking on the phone. It was probably like 10 o'clock at night in February. Um, and we're going back and forth. And I still remember it was in February. It was at night. Like, literally, I, I was getting ready for bed. And he called. And so we're talking and talking and talking. And he's like, all right, Kate, you know what? I'm going to go on a limb. He's like, I'm not even supposed to do this, but I don't care. I'm accepting you. He's like, you are coming to our school. You are going to work your butt off and you are going to do amazing here. I said, oh, 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 okay. Hands down. Like, like, thank you. Like, this is so not real. And he's like, it is real. Go, go party with your mom right now. And then go to bed because I know you have to go to school in the morning. He's like, but go party because I'm accepting you because I can tell you're a hard worker. And he's like, and we need more of that at our school. I was like, oh my gosh, mind blown. So, um, off that, I knew going into Ave that this was a blessing from God. This is exactly where God wanted me to be. He had me denied to every place else, <laughs> knowing that this was the direction. So I put everything into it. We went to go visit. Um, I ended up falling in love with their discernment program. And so I immediately signed up for their discernment program. Of course, that kind of scared me after a while. And so before I even went there as a freshman, I got myself out of that because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want kids. I don't want to get, I don't want to go to religious life. Um, <laughs> so I kind of like <laughs> threw the stop on that one. I was like, religious life is great, but it's not for me. Um, so anyway, so in college, I was studying theology. You know, um, I grew very deep in faith. I started understanding more about the Eucharist. Um, I loved my sacrament classes, like my favorite thing ever. Um, so I ended up doing, so anyways, while I was there, they have these things called households. 
um, which are kind of like sororities, but at a Catholic school, they're more like prayer groups. So it's like a sisterhood that we all pray for each other, hang out together, and keep ourselves going on the right path. Um, so I joined the Vessels of Mercy. Um, so we have a devotion to um, the Divine Mercy as well as St. Faustina. So every week we would meet together, we'd say our chaplet together, um, we'd have one day during the week we'd do adoration, we'd go to Mass, um, and then every Sunday we came together as a group and we prayed together, um, did meditations on the Diary of St. Faustina, and just really became closer together. Um, and those Nita friends were literally my home away from home. Um, these girls are absolutely amazing. I am still super close with each, each and every one of them. And um, I actually started like roommating with several of them. Like it was just, they, they were what I needed at that time. I realized at that point, yes, I believed in Christ, all these different things, but how am I going to bring Christ to others in our world today? Like, how do I do that? Um, so we all joked around that because we were in the trust household, we were like, we all have trust problems. <laughs> and so it was kind of just that idea with God, like, okay, like Jesus, I trust in you. Help me bring your love to others in our world. Um, help me learn how to do that. Help me figure out how to do that. And so, um, so I ended up taking that, that love, that friendship, um, from college. So with my desire for the Eucharist, my desire for knowing the Eucharist more, I ended up making that my thesis. Um, so my thesis was actually about transubstantiation, about the title of it was transubstantiation more than meets the eye. So I was like super excited about that. Um, it like dove into like truly like how is it that Christ can physically be in present, like in church with us and we're eating him. Like the Bible's transition is specifically gnawing on Christ. Like, how can we be gnawing on him while he's perfectly fine in heaven with nothing happening to him physically? And so it was that whole idea of bringing that into understanding and into words that people can read and find a light to that um, and understand that Christ is 100% present in the Eucharist while at the same time, 100% present in heaven. Um, so that kind of became my whole um, desire was to figure out like, how is it that when I was in high school and that monstrous was right next to me, that Christ was truly there while at the same time being in every other tabernacle in the world with that same radiating heat. And so um, that was what kind of inspired me. So my, my um, high school years like inspired that for college and it was so beautiful. And so I still am like mind blown by it. Um, so anyways, so fast forward a little bit more um, after college, I decided I didn't have a job yet. Um, so I did move back to my parents' house in Batavia for a few months. Um, and I went to different interviews, like along our way, our drive back home. Um, so my mom and her bestie Pam, like, um, came down to drive because my car was in Florida. So they drove with me from Florida all the way back up to New York. Um, but we first went down to Key West and then we just took this whole trip up. So we ended up stopping, um, in all these different places, I had a couple interviews along the way. Um, I had a desire that I wanted to be a youth minister. Um, I wanted to bring this faith that I have, this radiating faith, um, faith that I have to um, to all the all the other teens out there. You know, like help them find what I had, and and bring Christ to them. And so um, I went. I think I had one in Philly. I think we had another one, maybe in Ohio. Going up, I don't even remember. But we had all these different interviews. That we were going back up. And none of them called me back. None of them wanted me. Um, I just 
they were they were just not where God wanted me. And so I was like, all right, well, that's weird. Um, so I visited one of my friends in St. Louis. Um, and I decided at that point that I was like, you know what? I don't want to live with my parents right now. I'm not quite ready for that. Um, so I want to move to St. Louis to live with my best friends, which they were all cousins. They're all interrelated and they're actually part of my household. So I was like, you know what? They're family. I'm going to go move in with them. So I went back home, packed up my stuff, got in the car and moved out to St. Louis because what else are you going to do when you graduate college? You're just going to be crazy. Um, so I was like, all right. I was like, why not? And my mom was like, you know what? You're going to a great place with great friends. I know you're going to be taken care of, you know, whatever. It's like, okay. So her and my dad were like, whatever, that's our daughter. Have fun. You know, we'll visit all these different things. So anyways, I ended up spending like two or three years out there. The whole time I was looking for, um, I was looking for youth ministry positions, but it's so hard to find a job in a church if you don't have connections. And I remember I applied to so many youth ministry positions to like all these different churches, all these different everythings. I online, I had sent my um, application to the diocesan office to human resources and I hadn't heard back. It was like a month or two. And so I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to go in there myself and I'm going to hand my, my, you know, application, my resume to them personally. Like I'm going to personally hand this to them and say, Hey, I'm here. I want to work. Um, and so I remember going to the office and the lady at the front desk was like, Oh yeah, well, um, you can just email it if you'd like. And I said, Oh no, honey. I said, I've already emailed it and it's been ignored. So I would like to go up personally. She's like, Oh, well, if you emailed it, they already have it. So you don't need to go up. And so essentially like long story short, they kicked me out and I was like, <laughs> like what? So <laughs> at that point I was like, all right, God, I was like, clearly you don't want me in youth ministry right now. So where is it you want me? Um, so I was working in a Subway restaurant. Uh, they trained me at Subway University. So I got my degree at Subway University. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I became a sandwich artist. And so I, you know, opened and closed that store several times for like a year. Um, I then still applying to other jobs. I ended up um, working as an assistant preschool teacher. Um, so I worked with one to two-year-olds, um, which they're absolutely precious. So I had like eight one-year-olds running around every day. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I fell absolutely in love with kids even more than I had before. Um, and it wasn't a Catholic um, school, but I do know that a few of my kids were Christian because one of them kept coming in with a Jonah, Jonah Ark. Jonah of the art, or anyways, you know what I mean, um, into the classroom. And like all the other teachers were like, should we read this to him? And I was like, yes, like th there's nothing wrong with this book. So he always came to me because he knew I would read it to him. <laughs> um, so it was really cool that like, you know, I was able to still connect my faith with some of these kids. Um, and so like even a few of those parents tried to get me connected into some of the um, different parishes around there. But God just was like, no, you're not going to completely settle in St. Louis. That's not where I want you, but you're okay for right now. So I was probably working at that preschool for maybe about a year and a half before just some ridiculous reason. It ended up being that I just need to leave there. And so I did, I disagreed with the way they disciplined. And so they just said, bye-bye. And I said, all right, whatever. I'm not going to complain. Like I don't agree and I'm not going to abide by that way. So I, I can't work here anymore. And they're like, okay. So anyways, um, fast forward a little bit again. So I, at that point I had been 
um, talking with one of my cousins in Maryland. And so him and I were trying so hard to find me a youth ministry job. And I was like, anywhere, just find me something. Um, so I decided at that point um, that I was going to pray um, a novena to St. Joseph. No, it wasn't then. It was a few months later. So I ended up being unemployed for about three months. And then I started working at a restaurant not Subway because they didn't need me at that point. So I was a waitress at another restaurant. And um, I decided to do a novena to St. Joseph. And I was like, I, I need and I want to find a job in youth ministry. Um, I feel that's my calling. If I have to move back to Buffalo, then fine, so be it. Um, I want to find this. This is where my heart is. And so um, I started the novena. It was a nine-day novena. And um, one of the days of it, I think it was like two or three days in, I was serving at this one table um, at this restaurant. And it was maybe like a couple elderly couples like sitting at one table. And I had gone over there and I accidentally, you know, walked over when they're saying prayer in the beginning. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, walking away. Like, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And they're like, no, 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 Kate, come back, come back. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I came over and they were like, what would you like us to pray for for you today? And I was like, oh my gosh, like they didn't know I was Catholic. They didn't know I was anything. And I said, honestly, I said, I'm going to say this quietly. So my boss doesn't hear me. I said, but I, I want you to pray that I, that I get a job. I get this job that I applied for. And they're like, oh, well, what did you apply for? And I had just applied for a youth ministry position in Buffalo, New York, back in my home diocese, you know, where I know people, I had connections. And they're like, man, they're like, well, we don't want you leaving here, but we'll definitely, we'll definitely pray for you. Like, well, thank you. And so they actually prayed while I was standing there. They finished their prayer and included me into it. And um, so I continued with the St. Joseph Novena. And I had an interview on the phone with um, uh, Father Gary Shepinkevich, who was um, the, the priest at that point um, at this parish in Buffalo. And so, um, you know, I was talking to him on the phone and he's like, well, he's like, I don't really want to make you come for this part-time job all the way out in New York. Like really? And I was like, no, I said, please. Like, I, I want to come back to Buffalo. I said, I'll look for another part-time job. I said, but please, please, please don't, don't consider me not worthy just because I live in St. Louis right now. I was like, I want a reason to come back to, to Buffalo. I said, but I'm not doing it without a job. And he was like, okay. So he's like, well, you know, he's like, I like what I've heard, but I have to bring it back to the um, trustees to make them make a final decision. I said, all right, fine. So I remember the last day of the novena, I had just said my prayers. Um, I went into work that night. I was working till close. And um, I was on break and all of a sudden my phone started ringing. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to take this. Um, so I ran outside you know, and I answer it. And it's, of course, this priest. And he's like, Kate, hey, he's like, we love what we hear. Um, he's like, are you sure you want to come back to Buffalo? I said, yes. I was like, I want Buffalo. I said, there's nothing left for me out here in St. Louis. I said, please give me a reason to come back. And he's like, all right. He's like, well, we want to give you a job. He's like, when will you start? And at this point, it was like, I think it was January. And I said, um, I said, well, I need to get a moving truck. I said, can, can I start in a month? He's like, oh my gosh, a month. He's like, give yourself a little more time. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. So we ended up agreeing that my, um, my rent at that point, like my year that I signed on for was going to be halfway over. So it was going to be less or not, not halfway. It was like a little bit further than half. And it was going to be less of a, 
I, I mean, I'd have to pay something because I've broke the lease essentially, but I was like, it's going to be cheaper. So I was like, all right, we'll wait like a month and a half. He's like, okay, good month and a half. So in March of 2017, I think it was, uh, no, 2018, mm, I don't know, sometime in there, I um, came back to Buffalo, had a part-time youth ministry job. Um, so anyways, let's fast forward one more time because that's taking longer than I expected. Um, so anyways, so I get back, to, I have this amazing youth group. It started with three kids. By the very end, I had close to 10 kids. Um, I had also taken on a part-time job as director of youth or director of faith formation at another parish. Um, then went on from that one to a full-time position as a religion teacher at a Catholic school for a year. Um, and within that year, I actually, um, that's when my faith kind of took another, another leap. Um, so I wasn't finding the person who I wanted to marry and I was still, you know, searching for who am I meant to be with so that I can have kids homeschool them and go through the desire that I have. And so that's when one of my friends from college, I had been joking for years that, Hey, you know, I should go on to Catholic match and meet somebody online, but it was kind of a joke, like, haha, let's do it. So I talked to this one girl who I went to college with and I was like, Hey, so I'm thinking about doing Catholic match. And she took me, um, she, she brought, she came up to me. She's like, okay. She's like, seriously, Kate, she's like, if you are going to join Catholic match, she, she said, do yourself a favor, take some time and pray for your future spouse. She's like, after you do that, then get on to Catholic match and continue praying for your future spouse. She's like, but you should be dating in order to find your future spouse, not, oh, I'm just dating. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I am dating to find my future spouse. And she's like, no, like, stop and pray for them. So like, okay, fine. So I took her her word um, in, into mind and I said, all right, um, let, let's do that then. So that Lent, I decided the entire Lent, I wasn't going to date anybody unless, of course, somebody came to me and was like, hey, let's go on a date. You know, that's different. But I'm not going to search for someone to date. Um, and so I spent the entire, um, Lenten season, um, praying for my future spouse every day. Um, just anything, any hardship that I went through, I offered it for my future spouse. Um, I prayed for my future spouse, um, and really just put my entire everything into prayers for my future spouse. Um, and I also having that divine mercy um, background, I was, um, putting my, um, my, uh, what is it? The novena to divine mercy at the end of Easter or like at, at the beginning of Easter, um, I was offering that for my future spouse. And so on that Easter Monday, I decided to start a Catholic match count, which funny story, that day is the day that I found my husband, which <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. And so I just remember I got on um, a few random guys like messaged me and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I was very skeptical. Um, and so I had seen the picture of my now husband and I read his profile and I was like, oh my gosh, he is totally me. Like, this is totally like an amazing man. Um, so anyway, so fast forward a little bit, he ended up messaging, messaging me at the end of that day. I had to pay $75 in order to open up his message to begin with. So I was like, oh man, I was like, it's going to take me six months. I'll just do the whole six month subscription. Um, so I paid $75 to open up his email. Um, so he's the only guy I ever dated on Catholic Match. He's the only guy I ever talked to on Catholic Match, but I $5 to meet my husband. 
Um, which <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I always joked about it. Michael's like, look, he's like, if I could pay $75 to find my future spouse on that day one, he's like, I would do it in a heartbeat. I was like, okay, fine. I'll stop complaining. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we always joked about that, that I was like, I had to pay $75 to talk to you. <laughs> um, so anyway, so our very first date ended up being that Friday. So we started talking on that Monday, but that Friday we went on our first date. And the way he does dates, which I had never heard of before, is you start, it's like a three-part thing. So like you start at a restaurant. So we started a restaurant, we were chatting, and then there was a mall near us. We went there for the second part. And the third part, he actually brought me to adoration. Like, oh my gosh. Like, first of all, tying back to my, you know, childhood when adoration was the biggest part of my life, my faith. And now he's bringing me to adoration. And not only that, but in that moment, he, so we pulled up in two separate cars because on a first date, when you meet somebody online, you, you don't ride with them, like safety first. Right. So we had me meet him at our date just to keep it safe. And, um, so anyway, so we, we pull up and he said to me, he's like, I just want to say a rosary real quick. And like, in my head, I was like, oh dear. I was like, I, I, I can never just like sit still for a full rosary. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to get super ADD in the middle of this. Like, I was like, all right, God, fine, whatever. Like, let's do this. So anyways, at the end of, um, saying it, we came back out. We, we had to do it silently because it was one of those silent adoration chapels where, where not many people talk. Um, so we both said it individually. We were literally kneeling directly in front of Jesus in the monstrance the whole time. And so we came out and we went our separate ways. And I just remember going back into my car and I was like, oh my gosh, God, like, this is my husband. I had never until that moment been able to say an entire rosary in one sitting and so blown away. And I was so excited. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can officially say a rosary now. And all these great things are happening. And so um, we ended up, um, so of course we ended up getting married. Um, so fast forward a little bit. We um, went on several dates. Um, I tried to play the hard to get at first. And next thing I know is like two days later, like we're on another date. Um, even though our next one was planned for like a week later, because I was like, oh, I don't want to be too desperate, right? I don't know. I don't know how this whole dating thing worked. Um, so anyways, so we dated for a few months. And by that November, um, he proposed to me. No, was it that November? We met in April. Yeah, I think it was that November because we hadn't known each other for a year yet. And he proposed to me. Um, and so he apparently, I found out later, like a week after meeting me or two weeks or something, he was out with one of his guy friends and he was like, do you think it's too early to propose to her? And they're like, um, yes, like two weeks. No, sorry. Like no proposing yet. Um, so he held off as long as he could. And then he was like, no, he's like, I'm marrying this woman. So, um, so him and I, during all our dating, during the first part of our marriage, everything, um, we did youth ministry together. Um, so he also being a youth minister, um, of middle schoolers, I constantly went to his middle school meetings. He constantly came to my high school meetings. Um, and our youth groups like really started like vibrating more. Like we had both of our, um, faith. So my, my more ability is yes, I can talk the faith, live the faith, witness the faith, um, but he has the history. He's fantastic mm. with the history. And so I have the nourishing of, of the wife, wife side of things. And he has more of the like heavier knowledge in a sense, like he can draw us in with the knowledge. Whereas like the kids are asking these questions. I'm like, um, yeah. and then he like immediately swir swarms in and he's like, yeah, this. And everybody's like, 
whoa, mind blown. <laughs> and like, same thing with his youth group. Like he has the knowledge, but then I'm able to like build those relationships with the kids and get to know them more. And like, some of the times like, wait, why'd so-and-so open up to you? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I was just sitting there and we started talking. And so we were able to like, you know, bounce off one another. Like he had, he has like this amazing, like even with his youth group, like he does games with them. Whereas my youth group more sat and read Bible or things like that. But he, he had them like engaged in activities and this, that, and the other thing. Um, and then through me watching him and seeing how he did things, I was able to bring it to my ministry. And so we were bouncing off each other and we were doing this amazing, you know, just, you know, living our faith, loving it together. And then of course, God was like, Hey, motherhood, let's start it. Um, so on our honeymoon, which was literally the week after we got married, we got married on August 3rd by August 8th, we conceived our first child, um, on our honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so now we have our little Joseph, um, almost probably nine months old this week, actually. Um, but we love him in pieces. We've, we named him Joseph Anthony, partially because, um, both Michael and I have a devotion to St. Joseph. So we're like, oh my gosh, we have to, we have to keep Joseph in his name. Um, and it also kind of came to us in prayer as well. And I was trying to find a middle name for the longest time. And I always pray to St. Anthony. I was like, Michael, it has to be Joseph Anthony. And he's like, okay, like, I'm not going to complain with that. So we had a beautiful boy's name and girl's name picked out. Of course we got our little boy. And so that's kind of where we are now. That's so great. Not our life. Oh my gosh. You know, the, the, the journey and the enthusiasm, Kate, it's just incredible. I mean, the, you know, the zeal that you have for our Lord and your, and your amazing journey, it, it's awesome. And, and so thank you so much for just being, I mean, completely transparent <laughs> with all of us tonight uh, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. really sharing that because um, it's, it, it's such a beautiful thing. You know, oftentimes we do not hear the joy of the Lord like we heard it tonight, folks. And I just want you to recognize that. I mean, that's such a beautiful thing that, that you have the zeal and the passion and your, and, and, and your journey. We'll have to talk because there's so many different areas where, uh, you know, the, the journey overlaps, uh, where, right. you know, the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. Has, I, I was thinking you know, the same bill. You know, I was thinking about your story with being a youth minister and there's yeah, so many different... I do think you and Kate and Michael have to, uh, <laughs> yes. talk a little more. Yeah. There's just so many yeah. amazing things with Steubenville and, and, and awesome stuff. So, um, I, you know, so, so, so just thank you for, for the zeal mm-hmm. and for the, and, and for the passion because, uh, we need so much more of this in uh, the world right now. Right. Uh, so, so thank you so much. I mean, it, it's just awesome. Uh, you know, I, I've been able to sit here and laugh and <laughs> with you and, and just enjoy <laughs> that joy. I, you know, I'm filled up. So, that's wonderful. Um, I, I I know we only have like five minutes left in the program, which I'm so glad that we spent the majority of the time talking about your mm-hmm. your amazing Me journey. Too. But 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 let's make sure that we uh, talk about the Usborn books a little bit, <laughs> so that yeah, so, so that we right. can we can do that. We can always have you back on. I, I think we can yeah, have we have to do a part on. two. We have to do a part two. Um, if I could interject, uh, you know, I'll just say this: Kate is very very good at what she does with Usborn, to a point that you know, here I am, a fifty-something person who uh, is a former homeschooling mom who went to this online show or party that we'll call it. And I was so impressed with uh, the whole process. I was so impressed with the, the books. I was so impressed with Kate. 
that when she sent me the survey and said, do you, are you interested in, in, as the, as you said, being a book lady? And I thought, well, you know, I have a job. I'm, I'm the director for the St. Raymond and Honest Foundation. I'm a podcaster. I'm, I'm finishing off my master's. I'm doing all these things, <laughs> but like, yeah, I think I do want to try it out because it sounds like fun. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's a lot of fun. It really is. And um, so tell them, you know, as we're headed toward the end of the show, I'll have to do something else again. Um, maybe you could tell them where they can get in touch with you and I um, about, about the books and, and what we're offering. Um, yes. So on Facebook, you can find me, um, as Kate Rosella. Um, I do have, um, a website, website link, so I can send it to you, Anna. I don't know if you can like post it someplace for them, maybe. Um, but my yes. link, tree, my link tree address, I can send to her. Um, you can join my Rosella readers, um, Facebook page. Um, I put all my updates on there. Um, you can also through that message me. I can get your number so that I can send you update um, text messages. I send one a month or I'm trying to send just one a month. Um, there's so much to like offer that I'm trying to keep it just the one. Um, but um, yeah, so you can reach me. We'll send her that link. Um, you know, it's, it's a very fun business. What I really like about it is that our directors have laid it out so nicely that training is so easy. I mean, I say it's easy. Yes, there's a lot to it. So there's a lot you're learning, but essentially we have help. We have support. We have like every question that Anne has had, we've been able to answer, um, whether it's me or my team leader, or if she doesn't have the answer, she goes to the director, um, which ironically the director, our director is actually my sister. Um, <laughs> so Kara Beckenbach is my sister. Um, so yes, so she, became a director this year. We are under her team. And so it's really kind of cool to have my sister as that director. Um, so I can just text her and be like, hey, Kara, I'm confused. And she's like, oh, here, you know, but she does the same thing for anybody else, which is amazing. Um, I don't know. I, what else would you say about these? But I mean, they're amazing. I'm currently, no. at school. I started home, I started homeschooling. I started sleep training my son this week and I needed a book to just get into a different world while he was crying. Right. And so I started one of the trilogies. I'm already onto the third book. It's so, it's such a, like, it's, it's an adventure for like 12 year olds essentially, but it's like so enticing. It's oh so exciting. So <laughs> I've been reading a 12 year old's book and I'm loving it. Like that's how amazing their books are. Like an adult can get into yes, they it are. Mm -hmm. and just enjoy it. Um, so that's one of the things I really do like, like it's an easy read for me, but at the same time, it's, oh my gosh, like I haven't put it down and I have a child and I, I'm a wife and like, <laughs> Like, whoa, okay, like that's fantastic. So, <laughs> awesome. no, and, and, and in addition to that, I would say that the books, the illustrations are beautiful. Um, they have such a great variety. And, and you know what? It would take a lot for somebody like me who's got older kids. You know, I mean, my youngest is going to be 22 in a week, right? <laughs> for me to say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I would like to try to do this because it sounds like fun. Um, I wanted to do it as a hobby. And um, Kate has been so amazing as a, uh, you know, my, what would you call, not, not my director, but you. No, I'm your sponsor. So I'm your sponsor. Sponsor, my sponsor. I mean, I can't say enough good. If you're listening to this and, you know, maybe you're out of work or maybe you would like to do something part-time, uh, Kate would be ap the most amazing person to bring you in to Usborne. So just reach out to us at sewinghope at patchworkheart.org. Uh, send me an email and I can connect you or we can connect you. 
And um, like I said, I can't say enough good. She's guided me so well uh, that, you know, like you were talking a lot about when you were in school and having a hard time with attention deficit disorder. I mean, I was never diagnosed with any of that, but um, I'm one of those people that I could have a million different hobbies and things going on because I get interested in a lot of different things. So to have somebody like Kate to guide me along and say, yeah, this is what you do first, second, third, fourth, fifth has just been amazing so that I can keep uh, focused as you were talking about focus because I do have a lot going on and it's just been amazing. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Of course. Well, folks, uh, please, if you, uh, you know, please go back and listen to the podcast on repeat. Of course, there's just so much uh, amazing stuff that Kate talked about tonight. And uh, of course, support Kate. We'll put all the links in the show notes below. Uh, but until uh, next time from all of us here at the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, Patchwork Heart Ministry, and Fiat Ministry Network, we thank you so much for joining us. And as always, keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into broken hearts. We'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.